Hey everyone, welcome back to Southern Fried Storytime. This week, Oliver is not with me, he's down on the floor. I guess he didn't want to hang out with me during storytime this week. And also, I'm not wrapped in a big fluffy blanket, so hopefully this time I won't inhale one of those little fleecy fuzzies and towards the end of the show barely be able to keep talking because I'm trying not to cough, but I don't want to record the whole thing over again. I was on like time four when I made the show last week so I just tried to kind of muscle through and you can hear especially towards the end where I'm like trying so hard not to cough because I don't want to do the whole thing over again (laughs) so hopefully I won't have that issue again this time but if you thought I sounded weird last week yeah I inhaled like a like a fuzzball the size of like my pinky nail about halfway through and I just I so did not want to record it over again so you know in hindsight I should have just done it but I was not feeling it that day. I did not want to record a fifth time. It's terrible. Today's episode is going to be a little different. We're going to talk about, instead of a local story, kind of some history. And uh, of course, history History is a funny thing. Um, I've heard someone say that if history makes you comfortable, then you're probably not reading the whole story. And there's some truth to that in this one. We're going to be talking about Denmark Vesey and his lucky day. Everyone knows the Joker. He isn't like Baby Doll or Carmine Falcone, who only deeper Batman enthusiasts have come to know and love. He is front and center, the clown prince of crime. And one does not need to dig very deeply into Batman lore before you will catch a certain reference to his belief in the power of one bad day. That even the most peaceful, loving, gentle person is only a short series of disasters from becoming unrecognizable. The Walking Dead took that philosophy and made a whole series out of it. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. What neither of these franchises explore, however, is the opposite. What would happen when a person marinated in anger and resentment, what would they do when empowered by one good day? What if this angry, horrible person finally had the good luck to actually do something with all of the anger that they had been festering in? Will they take the chance to make a new start? Or will they become the very thing that sparked their own rage? When given the chance, will they choose freedom and growth or simply become a shadowy reflection of the darkness that made them. Back when America was very young, she was a different place in many ways. Back in 1799, when Charleston needed funds for repairs and construction, rather than forcibly taking money from the masses, whether they could afford it or not, leadership was hesitant to raise taxes, an attitude that would shock the leadership of America today. Instead, to raise funds, the city held a lottery. Those who wished and could afford it could purchase a ticket for a chance to win $1,500 in a raffle. Now, that that sounds like pittance today, but in 1799, that was a small fortune, I promise you. It was a huge amount of money. All other proceeds from the raffle would then go to whatever construction project they were working on at the time in the city. If I've read my history of Charleston correctly, uh probably about nine times that would be the battery wall around White Point Garden. The ocean keeps trying to reclaim the city, I promise you guys. Oh my goodness. Anyway, a 32-year-old man named Telemach was one of the many people who purchased a ticket in the third round of raffles, and a few weeks later, the enslaved man found that he had won the lottery. 
Telemach was owned by a man named Joseph Vizi, and Joseph had been unable to sell Telemach and thus named him after the mythical son of the man Odysseus from the Odyssey. He trained the boy in several languages and how to work as a cabin boy, and the seizures and fits that had made him unsellable apparently disappeared. So many believe that VZ was kind of faking his little fits that he would go into in order to be unsellable because he wanted to stay with with Captain VZ instead of being sold. By the time Telemach was or sorry, by the time Telemach won the East Bay Lottery, Captain VZ had passed away and Telemach was now the property of Mrs. VZ, who some of my sources say was a woman of East Indian birth. When he reported his winnings, and his intent to purchase his own freedom from his mistress, she signed his receipt of purchase before he even had the $600 to pay her. She, I think it was two or three weeks before she even got her hands on the money. She's like, yeah, sure, you're, you're free. That's cool. He did, of, of course, actually pay her, though. So my point is the relationship must have been pretty good because she trusted this guy with what was a fortune at the time, and he delivered. He took on his mist- master's and mistress's surname, renaming himself Denmark Vizi to start his life as a free man. His wife, Beck, was owned by another family, and so were their three children, and his remaining $900 was not enough to purchase all four of them. He used it instead to start a carpentry business. He became a respected business owner and a leader in the local AME church and used his carpentry skills to become popular among the communities of all races, including the upper classes. Vizi eventually had a falling out with Beck and married a younger new wife named Susan, who was also a slave who he also did not purchase. No one suspected that the popular man of God was plotting to commit acts of rage and violence that were the very type he had so condemned when they were directed at his own loved ones. A storm lay beneath the smile, a storm of fire and death. Denmark Vesey was planning the largest slave revolt in U.S. history. The plan of uprising and escaping to Haiti, which had already been taken by a similar revolt, was not what shocked people, but the means with which the pillar of the community planned to do it. Vizi was so beloved in the community that it was testimony after testimony of slaves that brought into the plot that were reported to the masters, and it was a long time before anyone would believe it. They didn't want to believe that this man that was their friend and neighbor and business owner that they all respected could be planning what he was planning. But, Horrified by the brutality of the plan and their fear of discovery, the slaves kept leaking the plan until it could no longer be ignored, despite the warm feelings towards its architect. Vizi had no plans of quietly slipping away into the night with with companions and fleeing south to Haiti. He would instead use the night to ensure that the city's white citizens, a vast minority of whom had ever actually owned slaves, were all asleep. Then, fire. Fire for homes, churches, schools, inns, taverns, community centers, and shops, heedless of who owned them. The city would burn. If any white person escaped the flame, be they man, woman, or child, they were to be killed on sight. Only ship's captains would be allowed to live, and then only long enough to take them to Haiti. On the night, the men of God, or sorry, to Haiti on the night that the man of God, their friend, would bring hell to Charleston. 
The uprising was shut down before it could commence. Many of the slaves that had been kind of recruited into the uprising were okay with the plan of escaping. Who could blame them, right? I mean, that's that's simply logical, wanting to get out of their situation. I think where a lot of people draw the line is the murder of children. You know, regardless of color, that's pretty much a big no-no for everybody, I'd like to think. I mean, I would like to hope that most people would not want to harm children of any color. And I'm thinking that that's, again, where a lot of the slaves that reported this plan kind of drew the line as well. Is, you know, there's not much you can do to redeem somebody who's totally okay with killing children. I think those kind of people are beyond hope. Slave owners could no longer delude themselves, however, that the people they treated as property were content, and rather than reflect and reform, they only tightened the noose of restrictions on those who lived on their farms. So far from setting his people free, VC really only made their restrictions that much worse. Hatred and mercilessness resulted in Telemach being dehumanized and traded like cattle. Hatred and mercilessness was his intended retaliation, and these had possessed, so possessed his heart that he could not see that he had become what he had despised so passionately, dehumanizing people to be slaughtered like cattle. All that changed was the victims. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And it was kind of a grim story this week. It's always terrible to watch somebody who escapes from a terrible, terrible fate only to revisit that exact same fate upon other people around them. And that seems to be what happened with Denmark VZ. It's terrible because when I first heard this story, the part of the story I heard was about him winning his lottery ticket and being able to buy his own freedom. So when I first planned on making this story, I thought that it was going to be a really happy story. Like I was really excited for this guy. And so it was kind of a letdown to see that, you know, after this wonderful life that he made for himself as a carpenter and he was accepted by all classes in the community and he was this huge respected citizen who became this church official and it, it sounded like winning the lottery had changed this man's life and made it into this wonderful story of you know growing beyond the deepest adversity only to find that no he, he straight up wanted to kill hundreds and hundreds of people including small children and his bloodlust so horrified members of even his own community that they were like, you know what, we want our freedom, we want our lives to be our own, but not this way. And so his actions really only made things worse for the people that he wanted to make life better for. And the scariest part is that he became so obsessed with his own hatred that he became the very thing that he hated without ever realizing it. And I think that that's something we see a lot today too, as people become so buried in what he sh said or she said, or he did or she did, or his or her ancestors did. We become so obsessed with all of these perceived wrongs that we become exactly the thing that we hate the most without even realizing we're doing. We feel so justified that we don't realize that we've become exactly the monster that we wanted to slay. And in that way, I do feel 
really, really bad for Denmark Vesey because there's no sign that he ever realized that he was becoming full of hatred and mercilessness and that he was dehumanizing people in the same way that had been done to him when he was so young. And it's a terrifying thing, the human mind, how we can become our own monsters just by being obsessed with them. And it really is a very sad story. And I didn't intend to tell you guys a sad story today when I started doing the research for this, but as always with history, you know, the deeper you dig into it, sometimes the stories aren't quite what you expected them to be. And just as you know, the week with the heartbroken brides, how I didn't expect to find out that the story of Alice was all just a big money-making fraud. It turns out this story had a much sadder ending than I hoped it did. Now, the 30 main leaders of the uprising were executed, and nobody escaped to Haiti that day, but hundreds and hundreds of men, women, and children were also not killed, and the city that I live in today was never burned all the way to the ground. Though there were several great fires in Charleston. None of them was caused by Denmark Vesey. It's still a very, very sad story because there was such an incredible opportunity for him to take his life in a totally different direction once he had kind of rescued himself and purchased his own freedom and come from this terrible situation. And you want to see somebody who who does that. You want to, you know them to have the world. You want them to achieve everything because what they've already achieved is so big and he, he kind of went in another direction with that and it, it does kind of make me sad because his his growth could have created so much opportunity for so many other people in who you know who came from his same situation and instead what he did inspired a kind of a harder lockdown on those very same people and it's it's just awful. I'm also a little skeptical of somebody who, you know, is perfectly happy to marry Beck when he's enslaved next door to her, but as soon as he's free, he moves on to another younger version. You know, he he wants a new trophy wife, I guess, as soon as he's free and he's a businessman and he's a man of means, all of a sudden he's got, you know, no interest in his old wife and kids anymore. That I don't care what color you are, that any guy who feels the need to move on to a new wife when he moves on to a new social class, that raises lots of red flags in my brain too. And his business was, by all accounts, supposed to have been incredibly, incredibly successful, but not only did he not use his remaining $900 to rescue his wife or children, but he didn't use any of the proceeds from his business to purchase his wife or children or his second wife, whom... Apparently, Susan was also enslaved to the end of her life. So, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I started research for the story wanting the best for this guy, thinking it was going to be this great inspirational story of somebody get, buying their freedom. And then I look at his lack of value for human life, even when it comes down to his own family. And that especially is is pretty cold. Like, it's one thing, and it's wrong, but one thing for him to want to punish the community that enslaved him, but taking that to the next level of wanting to murder the children is even further, and then also having no desire to set free or have compassion for his own family 
to me, you can tell the most about a person from how they treat their family and the fact that rescuing them was never the priority tells me more of what I need to know about this person than any of his actions in terms of any kind of uprising or violence. When instead of rescuing your wife and children, you just move on to a younger, prettier model and then you also don't free her from slavery. I don't know. This this guy, I went into this story. So I'm, I'm so disappointed. I went in thinking he was going to be the hero of this story and this inspirational figure. And I'm like, you know, he's just a deadbeat dad who didn't want to rescue anyone but himself. And that makes me really, really sad. It does. I, I had intended today's story to be really inspirational. But by the time I got all the way through the research and dug into kind of the heart of the matter and realized that this story was going to be kind of a big poopy letdown. It was too late to start a whole different story, unfortunately. So, you know, I'm sorry for kind of a sad story to start your weekend on, guys. I hope you find something a lot more fun to focus your attention to this weekend. Maybe the beautiful weather or some time outside. Or, you know, after how sad this story is, maybe just hold your family close and snuggle your kids and don't let people sell them, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I want to pull from this history. And that's really the thing about history, isn't it? Is that you usually come out of it with some kind of complicated feelings. And that's where I pull from Denmark VZ slash Telemach is that it's complicated, (laughs) I guess. You know, I wanted so much for this to be an inspirational story. And instead, it's kind of more of a how not to. But I don't know. I don't, I wasn't able to find any research on what happened to either of his wives or his three kids either. And after this story, I'm much more interested in them than I am in, you know, the father who left them behind. So tell me what you think. If you know more about this story and maybe where, I hope where my take was wrong and where he maybe wasn't such a horrible guy, or if you know what happened to his wives and kids, I'm, I'm more more interested in the ruin that was left of their lives after he did what he did too you know I don't know just let me know I would love to hear good news I, this is one of those stories where I would love to be wrong it's, it's a weird feeling to have but I would love it if this guy was a better influence maybe than we thought he was but you let me know if you find anything this was everything I could find on the guy and uh, I don't know it's kind of a sad story because all of the potential in the world and Instead of using that potential to make his and other people's lives better and inspire other people, he literally just wanted to watch the world burn like the Joker. You know, you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Thank you so much for tuning in and try to have a good weekend even after this kind of downer of a story. (laughs) Thanks again, guys.